السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد حياكم الله وبياكم brothers sisters in faith uh, let's get straight into the discussion because we have a lot of things to cover and we don't have time we don't have time let's see so continuing with the 40 Nawawi uh, by Al-Imam Nawawi, uh, Al-Shafi'i, alayhi rahmatullah. I believe we stopped at that particular paragraph, which reads the following. Shahadatu an la ilaha illallah tastalzimu ikhlas al-ibadati lillah. The testimony of la ilaha illallah necessitates that worship is done sincerely for Allah. And this type of Tawheed uh, uh, is known as Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah or the Tawheed of Divinity. The Tawheed of Divinity. And it is also called Tawheed al-Ibadah, meaning the Tawheed of Worship. Because the meaning of la ilaha illallah means there's no one who's worshipped in truth but Allah. So don't worship other than Allah. Whoever says la ilaha illallah yet he worships other than Allah is a liar. Because this very testimony necessitates the sincerity in the worship of Allah. And to shun uh, showing off boastfulness and the likes. And I've told you the story before and there's no harm in telling you the story again. Uh, when I was working at the Dawah Center, and uh, when a new Muslim would, you know, join the, the Da'wah Center, they go through a course, I think it was either a month or three months of, of education. They learn Tawheed and they learn Fatiha, they learn how to pray, how to make wudu, and all the, ma the major stuff, you know, the basics, the fundamentals. And then three after they complete the courses and they pass, they go to a court, like an actual court of law. And there they would be a judge. And those people will get another brief explanation of what Islam is. And then they will each declare their testimony of faith before the, uh, the Qadi, the judge. And then they are issued official documentation from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia that they have become Muslim. Uh, that piece of document, that document is very crucial for them uh, when they go back home. Or if they go into, you know, if they were to die, they need to get an Islamic burial. They want to get married. They want to renew a passport. They want to re renew their residency uh, permit. Uh, them being Muslim is necessary and being proven is necessary through via this document. So it's a very crucial document. And so I used to accompany, and the, the, the noble Sims would always fear that day. It was a day that they feared because th they didn't know what it entailed. So some of them would think that they're going to go get tested again. And then if they fail the test, they will, you know, the whole thing would have gone down the drain. So I would go with them in that, I think it was every Monday morning. I would join them on that journey from the Dawah Center to the uh, Mahkamah in order, uh, you know, to, and I would like kind of joke with them and, and, and keep them cool and, you know, do quizzes and play around with them so that they're ready for that big, uh, you know, that big move. And then in the midst of all this, I was joking around and asking them basic questions to see how much they've learned, you know. And I said, what do Muslims believe about Jesus? And some Filipino straight up said, he's the son of God. I was like, what? Boy, <laughs> stop the bus. Turn around. Where are we going? Dude had been a Muslim for months and he still believed that Jesus was the son of Allah. Astaghfirullah. Who was your sheikh and who was your teacher and who taught you? Or did you miss classes? Obviously, it's not the teacher's fault. 
it's a little bit of the teacher's fault. It could be that this brother missed some important classes because of work or whatever. So it, that was a classic example of a person who was, who was saying la ilaha illallah, but that la ilaha illallah did not translate into proper belief. That person still had a messed up belief. Bismillah. Oh, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Life is good. Alhamdulillah. May Allah Azza wa Jal maintain and elongate his blessings upon us because we 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 owe to Allah everything that we have. وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ And there isn't a single bounty that you have accepted that it is from Allah. Do you know how, how real this, this ayah hits? How hard it hits? وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ And if you know Arabic, you would know all, what, what uh, exclusivity terminology was put into this ayah to deliver this meaning. The way that the Arabic is structured, the way the sentence is structured is in such a way where you have to understand that there isn't any bounty that you have except that it is from Allah, directly and indirectly. So it's not your job, it's not your skills, it's not your intelligence, it's not your boss, it's not your connections. All of those are what Allah allowed to be factors in the ni'mah that he decreed for you to receive. You understand? All of these are means that were allowed by Allah to be functional and effective. Just so you don't misunderstand. It's a, it's a negating. There isn't any ni'mah. Then it is surely from Allah. That sip of coffee that you're enjoying is from Allah. Because I was watching the videos of those Muslims under the, the, the uh, demolished buildings 72 hours, 50 hours after the earthquake, they're still pulling out live uh, people that are alive, living people. And a little girl whose lips were about to fall off because of how dry and cracked they were. And she's asking for some water. She just wants some water because it's she's suffering. And then you you're you're looking on your phone in your bounty and looking at someone who for for days wanted just some water in order to remain alive before they pull her out from the rebels, uh, not rebels, rebels, whatever. And, and, you know, with broken legs and broken arms and Allahu A'lam, what condition her whole family is gone. These are the moments where you say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I, am I a, a, a abdun shakurun? Am I a, a grateful servant of Allah? Or have I thought that I'm special? That's why I have what I have. Nah, Habibi. It's from Allah. وقوله أن محمدا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أي أن تشهد أنه رسول الله is that you bear witness that he is the messenger of Allah أي مرسله إلى الخلق meaning the one who sent him to the creation والرسول هو من أوحى الله إليه بشرع وأمره بتبليغه and if you want to be technical about the definition of a messenger it is one whom Allah has revealed to a legislation. It's a person whom Allah has revealed the legislation to and he commanded him to deliver it, to convey it. وَكَانَ النَّاسُ قَبْلَ نُوحٍ عَلَى مِلَّةٍ وَاحِدَةٍ لَمْ يَحْتَاجُوا إِلَىٰ رَسُولٍ and the people before Nuh were upon one nation and they were not in need of a messenger. Then they became abundant and they differed. So then they were in need of messengers. Then Allah sent the messengers. Allah said, 
كان الناس أمة واحدة فبعث الله النبيين مبشرين ومنذرين وأنزل معهم الكتاب بالحق ليحكم بين الناس فيما اختلفوا فيه Mankind was of one religion before their deviation. Then Allah sent the prophets as bringers of good tidings and warners and sent down with them the scripture in truth to judge between the people concerning that in which they differed. Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 213. So, uh, the messengers were only sent forward. The messengers were only sent forward after the people differed in order to judge between them and the truth. That's why the first of messengers was Nuh alayhi salam. وَآخِرَهُمْ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ كَانَ أَوَّلَ الرُّسُلِ وَآخِرُ and the last is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because it's ma'atufa ala kan wa kana tarfa'u al-ism wa tansibu al-khabar naam fala budda min al-imani bi anna muhammadan rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so it is inevitable and it's unavoidable that you should believe that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. وَلَا بُدَّ أَن نُؤْمِنَا بِأَنَّهُ خَاتَمُ النَّبِيِّينَ And we must also believe that he is the seal of all prophets alayhi salatu salam. And this automatically exterminates and excommunicates the Ahmadiyya from Islam. The Qadiyanis, Ahmadis are disbelievers. Those who claim that Ghulam uh, Ahmad was a prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a kafir. And the five percenters and the nation of Islam are also kuffar because they also claim that their head, Farrakhan uh, or Farrakhan or whatever his name was, they also claim that he was a messenger and some of them claim that he was Allah himself. Uh, so all of these different denominations that attribute themselves to Islam are not even part of the 73 sects. So when we speak about the ikhtilaf of the ummah and the division of the ummah into 73 sects and all of which will be in the fire except one, those do not include Al-Qadianis. It does not include yeah, Elijah Muhammad. There you go. It does not include the nation of Islam. It does not include the five percenters and those people. It does not include those individuals. They're not even part of Islam in the first place. So, you better know that uh, we talk about someone who's maintaining his... Uh, oh, by the way, and included with those would be lots of Shia. Lots of Shia are not part of Islam in the first place. The Shia. It depends on which Shia. If you speak about the Ithna Ashariya Ja'fariya, the Twelveites, Ja'farites, then you'll, you'll be hard-pressed to find a, a Muslim in terms of what they believe. You'll be hard-pressed. I mean, when you believe that Jibreel made a mistake and came to the Prophet Muhammad instead of Ali, or when you believe that uh, uh, the Imams control the universe with Allah, and when you believe that Ali was in, was Allah, billah, and when you believe that you can call on Fatima as Zahra, and you can call on, on Hassan and Hussein and, and the 12 Imams, or all these people, the Ja'far al-Sadiq, and their, their entire a clan of, of individuals i mean you're not really you're not really part of islam in the first place you're you're far worse than many christians some of the shia are far worse than the jews and the christians and the hindus and the buddhists in terms of what they believe even those abhorrent uh, belief systems of those foreign religions uh, you know present a better argument uh, than than what the shia have to present and yet you find a lot of muslims fall into the trap of the uh, Shia. They have a little debate with them and then they say, brother, please help. I was speaking to a Shia and I was trying to give him da'wah but he told me this and now I'm confused and now I have doubts and I say, what are you kidding me, man? <laughs> Seriously, bro, what's going on? What kind of foundation were you upon for you to be swayed by a Shia? I mean, the mere cursing of the Sahaba is enough for you to know that there's an, a major alarm should ring and you be like, wait, what? The Sahaba? 
wait, aren't there ayat that says, رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him is that not in the Quran oh محمد رسول الله والذين معه محمد the Messenger of Allah and those who are with him how did Allah describe describe them أشداء على الكفار they are severe against the كفار رحماء بينهم they are merciful among themselves تراهم ركع عن سجدة and you see them in the state of ركوع عن سجود what 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 all of these people that Allah عز وجل spoke highly of and praised لقد رضي الله عن المؤمنين Allah is pleased with the believers. If you buy shajra, when they gave this pledge of allegiance with you under the tree, bayat al-radwan. What are you saying, ya majnoon? And people are Allah praising them in the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ telling you, la ashabi. Do not verbally abuse my companions. If you were to spend the equivalent of the mountain of Uhud in gold, it wouldn't be equal to half of the mud of one of them, or even half of that. Not a mud, not even half of a mud. What? What? Are you kidding me? You're gonna be swayed by a Shia? And you got your priorities messed up. Ajib. Ajib. Hey. Hey, buddy. Type. وَمِمَّا سَبَقَ يُعْلَمُ خَطَأَ الْمُؤَرِّخِينَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا And from what has been mentioned previously, or you could be more fancy and say from the aforementioned, we will come to know the mistake of the historians who said, that there was a messenger or even more before Nuh. There isn't a messenger, excuse me, before Nuh. By virtue of the evidence of the statement of Allah, we have revealed unto you like we have revealed unto Nuh and the prophets after him. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَ اللَّهُ فَرَدَرْ سَدْ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ وَجَعَلْنَا فِي ذُرِّيَتِهِمَا النُّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابِ And we have sent Noah and Abraham and we have made in their descendants, in their progeny, the Prophet and the book. أي في ذُرِّيَتِهِمْ خَاصَ Meaning specifically their progeny. وَمِنَ السُنَّةِ مَا جَاءَ فِي حَدِيثِ الشَّفَاعًا From you are the first messenger whom Allah sent to the inhabitants of earth. So our aqidah is that the first messenger is Nuh The first messenger is Nuh وَآخِرُهُمْ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And the last of them is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَمَنِ اِدَّعَ النُّبُوَّةَ بَعْدَ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَحُكْمُهُ أَنَّهُ كَافِرٌ Whosoever alleges prophethood after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then the ruling thereof concerning him is that he is a disbeliever. Because Allah said, وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ However, he is the messenger of Allah and the seal of all prophets. وَلَمْ يَقُلْ سُبْحَانَهُ وَخَاتَمَ الرُّسُلِ He did not say the last, the seal of all messengers. مَعَ أَنَّهُ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ بِالْأَوَلِ Even though he said he's the messenger of Allah in the beginning. لِأَنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ خَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ فَهُوَ خَاتَمَ الرُّسُلِ Because if he is the seal of all prophets, then he's automatically the seal of all messengers. So if if prophet is if prophet is negated from someone initially after the Prophet then the messengership is also negated from more logically because he's not a prophet in the first place so we don't even discuss whether he's a messenger or not. Kapish, kapish. So you know three people are sprinting. Uh, one of them one of them just can't run. We're not going to have a discussion about whether he's going to be first or second because he can't even run. He's out of the discussion. So it's a prerequisite to be able to run super fast to get into the discussion of who will come first between those three racers or let's say between the two. So it's a prerequisite that you have to have. شَهَادَةُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْتَنْزِمُ أُمُورًا مِنْهَا Allahu Akbar. Now the, the testimony that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah Necessitates a number of matters among them. Among them, the first you have to believe him 
والسلام, in regards to anything that he told you. بحيث لا يكون عند الإنسان ترددا فيما أخبره به صلى الله عليه وسلم so much so that you have absolutely no doubt, no hesitation, no speculation. You can't be the Muslim skeptic. You can't be the Muslim skeptic. That foul name in the first place. The name, the name which 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 is anti-aqidah and anti-guidance. A Muslim is never skeptic. But anyways, that's another discussion for another day, inshallah. But subhanallah, sometimes they say the book, you could you could know the content of the book from the title. Huh? From the title. And the statement of don't judge a book by its cover is not a sound, is not an Islamic statement. The statement of don't judge a book by its cover is actually a statement of, of falsehood. It's a battle statement that negates tooth and nail the fundamental principles of Islam. If anything, we're all about what is apparent. We're all about al-zahir. We're all about what's in the cover. You don't see a, a, a bar, a strip club, and you say, who knows, maybe there's a musalla inside. Let me go inside. And when you go inside, it's like, oh, look, there are women stripping. Oh, billah, there's no musalla here. Oh, let me run back outside. Some, some funny guy comes along the way and says, brother, don't judge a book by its cover. Just because they have a picture of a lady stripping outside and the name of the place is, uh, you know, come and try, it doesn't mean that it's a bad place. Or you see a book that, that is titled, you know, uh, The Seven Secrets of Magic. And then you're like, oh, well, what if the book inside is telling me about the seerah of the Prophet Akhi, don't judge a book by its cover. Akhi, one more time and I will knock you out. You tell me one more time, don't judge a book by its cover and you're out in the ICU where I will not see you. Nobody will see you. Cut that stuff, man. You guys, people love to re-repeat. Repeat statements of disbelievers and of, of falsehood and they, they get happy. Hey, look, you know, it's, this is the trend. People say this all the time. No, you better know what you're saying. Yeah, we judge the book by its cover. If the brother's pants are below the ankles and his beard is shaved and, uh, you know, he's, uh, I don't know, he has an earring. I'm not going to say, maybe at night he is one of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ya Sheikh, la. Similarly, it doesn't mean that we don't take into consideration that there could be two aspects or two sides of the coin. So a person could look to be righteous and then turn out to be corrupt. No problem. We don't judge that he's automatically from among, among the people of, of Khair and Jannah because of his appearance, but we definitely take that into consideration. So the, the initial reaction is yes, you judge a book by its cover, but then you do further investigation, you get to know it could turn out to be something else. As for the, the apparentness of the statement, the default state of this expression, it's false. It's false. Tamam? So if you call the Muslim skeptic, then we got a problem, baby. Because there's nothing you should be skeptical about. Even if you're skeptic about the disbelievers and you're skeptic about the simps and you're skeptic about all these things, as a name, it is not a proper Islamic name in, in, in line with the manhaj of the Salaf. So yes, from the title, you could already know that there's a lot of problems down the line and this is exactly what we have seen together. طيب. <clears throat> Hey, بل بل rather, uh, uh, rather in his heart it should be even firmer than what has been uttered one of the greatest ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one of the greatest ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Verily, it is the truth just like you utter and speak. For when you speak, like right now I'm speaking right now, do I have any doubt? Do I have any doubt whatsoever that I'm speaking? Or do you doubt whatsoever that I'm speaking? Absolutely. We have absolute yaqeen that I am uttering words right now. Wallahi, this Quran and Yawm Al-Qiyamah and the Prophet Sallallahu and everything that Allah mentioned is haq, just like you're speaking, just like you're sure. You don't have any second doubts. You're not skeptical about the fact that we're speaking. You shouldn't be skeptical about anything in the Quran and the Sunnah. 
فالإنسانو لا يشك فيما ينطق به you don't doubt what you utter كذلك ما ينطق ينطق به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا نشك فيه similarly whatever the Prophet utters we don't have any doubt concerning it ونعلم أنه الحق and we know that it's the truth لكن بيننا وبينه مفاوز وهو مفاوز وهو السند however we have an, an, a hurdle we have an, a, a bump that we might have to go through and that would be the sanad. Sanad is what? What is sanad? The chain. The chain of narrations. لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَيْسَ أَمَامَنَا Because the Prophet ﷺ is not standing in front of us, before us. لَكِنْ إِذَا ثَبَتَ الْحَدِيثِ عَنِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَجَبَ عَلَيْنَا تَصْدِيقُهُ But if the hadith is uh, uh, authentically attributed, it's authentically attributed to the Prophet Sallallahu it is obligatory on us to believe it. Whether we understand the point of view or we did not, whether we knew the, the purpose or we didn't, we understood the subject matter or we didn't, or we didn't, it does not matter. It is not subject to your comprehension skills. أحياناً تأتي أحاديث نعرف المعنى لكن لا نعرف وجهها. Sometimes we know we come across a hadith. We know the meaning but we don't understand the objective or the point of view. The, the, the context of it. It's obligatory on us to believe in it as well. You don't have to understand that. It's not a prerequisite that you understand that. حلو. الثاني, the second. امتثال أمره أو امتثال أمره صلى الله عليه وسلم. So the first thing is you have to تصديق بما أخبر. You believe whatever the Prophet said. And you should memorize those if you can. The first one is to believe what he says عليه وسلم and what he said. The second, امتثال أمره. Obeying his command. ولا نتردد فيه. And we don't hesitate. We're not hesitant. Regarding it, because Allah said, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ And it is not for a believing man or a believing woman. If Allah and His Messenger had decided upon a matter, that they should have a choice concerning it. You have absolutely no choice concerning it. Your opinion is irrelevant with all due respect. وَلِهَذَا أَقُولُ That's why I say, مِنَ الْخَطَأِ it's, it's a major mistake. That some of the people, when the matter comes to them from Allah's Messenger, he begins to question. Is this obligatory or recommended? Like many people today say, This question, we should abandon it. We should shun it and we shouldn't even ask it. It shouldn't even come. Imagine. Imagine you shouldn't even be asking, is it obligatory or recommended? Because the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, when the Prophet would command them with any matter, they would not say, Oh, Messenger of Allah, is this obligatory or is it recommended or anything other than that? They wouldn't say anything other than that either. بل كانوا يمتثلون ويصدقون بدون أن يسألوا. They used to uh, comply and believe without even questioning. نقول لا تسأل وعليك بالامتثال. We say don't ask and upon you is compliance. أنت تشهد أن محمد أنت تشهد أن محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ففعل ما أمرك به. You bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So do what he commanded you. سبحان الله العظيم. سبحان الله العظيم. وفي حالة إذا ما وقع الإنسان في مسألة وخالف الأمر. And in case a person were to fall or were to err in a matter and he disobeyed, he went against the command. فهنا لنا الحق أن يسأل فهنا له الحق أن يسأل هل هو للوجوب الغير وجوب. Then he has the right to say, okay, was this obligatory or was that recommended? لأنه إذا كان الوجوب وجب عليه أن يتوب because if he missed on something obligatory it's obligatory on him to repent لأنه خالف because he went against the Prophet عليه السلام وإذا كان لغير الوجوب فأمره سهل but if what he wind up disobeying what he wind up going against the Sunnah in is a matter of not obligatory it's not an obligatory matter it's just a dislike then his affair is easy خلاص يعني he just missed out on a good deed but he's not sinful الثالث 
The third, so first, believing him what he said, obeying him, والسلام, what he commanded, that you should avoid and stay away. Avoid has many meanings in English language. One of them could mean to avoid something, meaning is to stay away from it, but it's in a, in a, in a light manner. No. The other meaning of avoid is to leave something alone completely. Avoid this meaning, don't do it. Not avoid it meaning when you avoid something, meaning you 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 make an effort to stay away from it. No, avoiding meaning to to uh, completely uh, uh, restrain yourself from engaging in it. Abstinence. It's like abstinence. So to abstain, there you go. It's a better word. It's a better word. It's a better translation. It's a better translation. To abstain from what the Prophet ﷺ forbade without any hesitation. لا يقول هذا ليس في القرآن don't say it's not in the Quran. This prohibition you give me is not in the Quran, lest you be destroyed. Because we say, Whatever comes in the Sunnah, the Quran commanded you to, to, to follow it as well. And the Prophet warned against this kind of person and his likes. الذي يقول هذا ليس في القرآن the Quranites the Quraniyun those who say oh this is not in the Quran فقال لا ألفين أحدكم على أريكته don't let me find one of you reclining on his sofa أي جالسا متبخترا متعاظما meaning sitting boastfully and arrogantly thinking that he's some hot shatta يأتيه الأمر من عندي a command of mine comes to him فيقول ما أدري he says I don't know man Whatever is in the book of Allah, we will follow. <laughs> Meaning, whatever is not in the book of Allah, we will not obey it. We will not follow it. Huh? Anything that has come to you from the Prophet has come from the Quran. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى قَالَ Because Allah said وَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَهُوَ عَامٌ فِي كُلِّ مَقَالَ Allah says and follow him i.e. the Prophet ﷺ the Dhamir here the Ha الضمير الها في كلمة اتبعوه راجعة إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم it goes back to the Prophet ﷺ so follow him i.e. the Messenger of Allah and, and that is a general in a word that refers to everything that he said so don't be like the Quranites who claim that they only follow the Quran because those people have no religion. If you're a Qurani, you're also a kafir. Uh, today is the day of takfir, but bihaq, يعني, not, not the takfir of the Twitter uh, uh, crowd and the crazy, uh, you know, whatever people we see on the channel. Some, you know, the latest trend right now is that all, all madkhalis or salafis are kuffar also. Like, wow, mashallah, tabarakallah, brother, mashallah, you're working very hard and going to Jahannam, Allah barik feek. Yani you were eager, you're eager to get roasted for you to pass this wholesale takfir on a person who's just a Salafi. And right? let's say you don't agree with the Salafiyyah, you think that they're a little too much, but to go to go to the extent of takfir, because we believe in certain things that are in the Quran and the Sunnah is like a little wild. While here we're talking about someone who denies the Sunnah altogether. And you can easily call this person a kafir who does not believe in the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And how off, how abundant are those? You would be surprised how many Qur'anis there are. They are. A classic one is Shabir Ali. Shabir Ali is actually a, Quranite, a Qur'ani in many ways. He only accepts aspects of the sunnah that are in line in what he already believes or what he, believe, what he understands from the Qur'an. It's not like he actually has a sound understanding of the Qur'an. He has a distorted understanding of the Qur'an Whatever hadith agrees with that, he will accept. Any hadith that goes against that, he will deny. And I've heard him with my own ears. Besides other statements of kufr that he makes day and night. But, you know, we're not hasty uh, to call takfir on him, even though he's definitely, definitely on, on, on that, uh, on the edge. But it needs a alim uh, to, to address this issue more comprehensively. The fourth matter uh, that you don't give precedence to the statement of anybody from among the humans over the statement of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Al-Imam and Ahmed Muslimin. Accordingly, you may not put forward the statement of such Imam, such person, which could be an Imam, a leader, a, a sheikh from the Mashaykh of Islam, over the statement of the Prophet because you and that imam of yours you're both obliged to follow the prophet and how grave is the statement of the one who when you argue with him and you say to him the messenger of allah said yeah but such and such imam such such and such this is grave. This is a big deal. It is not permissible for anyone to oppose the statement of the Prophet. You may not oppose with anyone of the creation, no matter who that person is. Even to the point that it was mentioned in front of Abdullah, the son of Ibn Abbas. May Allah be pleased with both of them. He said, stones are about to fall upon you from the sky. I say to you, the messenger of Allah said, And you say, Abu Bakr and Umar said, What position does that imam have? The imam of that person argue with you, what, what status does he have in relation or in comparison to the status of Abu Bakr and Umar? Yani if even Abu Bakr and Umar, you may not put their statements ahead of the Prophet the statement of the Prophet then what about anyone lesser than that? Yeah, you say that to the many deviant sects today that are non-Salafis. You tell them that and watch how they would put the, the statement of everybody. You say the Messenger of Allah asked the girl, Ain Allah? He will tell you, but it's not an appropriate question to ask. Why? Because the Imam said you shouldn't ask this question. Yeah, Sheikh. The Prophet acknowledged the girl when she said that Allah is above, and she pointed. He said, Yeah, but you know, but yani, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa said, Imam Ibn Hajar said, Imam Al Nawawi said, Imam Al Tabari said, They're going to give you some Imam. They oppose the Quran and the Sunnah for those Imams. Yani, nothing is surprising anymore, huh? Alhamdulillah. Fifthly, Allah yabtadi'a fi deen illahi ma lam yati bihi rasoolu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That you should not innovate into the deen of Allah. <clears throat> That's what, that which the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not bring. Do not innovate into the religion of Allah what the Prophet sallallahu did not bring. Sawa'un aqeedah aw qawlan aw fi'lan. Whether it is a matter, as a creedal matter, it's a verbal matter, or it's an action, actional matter. وَعَلَى هَذَا فَجَمِيعِ الْمُبْتَدِعِينَ لَمْ يُحَقِّكُوا شَهَادَةَ أَنَا مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولَ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ Accordingly, all of the innovators did not truly fulfill the testimony that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. لِأَنَّهُمْ زَادُوا فِي شَرْعِهِ مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ Because they have added to his legislation what is not part of it. وَلَمْ يَتَأَدَّبُوا مَعَ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمَ And they did not have proper manners with the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم إِي وَاللَّهِ إِي وَاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَوَصْفٌ دَقِيقٌ لِهَاؤُلَاءِ إِي وَاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَوَصْفٌ دَقِيقٌ لِهَاؤُلَاءِ الْمُبْتَدِعَةِ الْفَجَرَةِ وَمَا أَكْثَرَهُمْ What an accurate depiction and description, what a specific bullseye quality description of the innovators who did not truly fulfill the shahada and they are, don't have manners with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah tells them that Allah descends every last third of the night to the lowest heaven, they tell you, no, something else descends. The Prophet said that Allah laughs, they deny Allah's laughter. The Prophet وسلم, tells him that Allah ya'ti harwala, Allah comes hastily to the person who moves towards him, they, they deny. Their whole life revolves around symbolism and metaphor and figure of speech. The whole Quran and the Sunnah to them is 
not meant to be what it is. This is the, the biggest door of kufr you can open. If you say, because there will be no more guidance in the Quran and Sunnah. Because if everything is open to a, a figure of speech, it's a figurative language and open to interpretation and it's metaphorical, then you're, you, you, cannot, you cannot look at anything any way, anymore, take a, a face value. Because then we should also carry this metaphor into the ahkam, al-hudud. The hudud should also be metaphorical. It doesn't really mean that you stone them to death. It means that you really scold them and you say, because the Arabs say, uh, I will throw a rock on you. When they say that, they mean metaphorically, meaning I'm really going to give you like a piece of my mind. Like I'm really going to uh, bother you. Fix it. Chopping the hand. The hand doesn't mean hand. It means bounty. So you chop the bounty from him. Yani you, you don't say nice thing, things to, to him anymore. Huh? No, no, no. Let's open the door. Let's open the door of metaphor. Tell me what part of this Islam you will have left. But they will say, no, no, no. These ones? These ones? Literal meaning. We'll take the literal meaning. طيب يا أهبل يا غبي Let's, what is the difference between that and the attributes of Allah? Why are you being selective? The what, what, according to you, you want to take this literal, and according to you, you want to take this metaphorical. Then I want to do the same thing. I want to take this also metaphorical and those literal. There's no more gauging of Islam. Then you have Christianity. Then you have Christianity all over again. What differentiates us is that we have guidance and we have Sahaba that never delved into these matters. They never asked the Prophet ﷺ the questions that the people asked, and they never denied. They never said, oh, Master of Allah, when Allah descends to the lowest heaven, does that mean that Allah himself descends? Is Allah still above the throne when he descends to the lowest heaven? So what about when we're on this side of the world and the people are on the other side of the world? And then how does that work? Oh, Master of Allah, did they have this discussion? No, they were believers. What are you? Stupid. They were believers and you are stupid. You're a philosopher. You've been brainwashed and your brains have fried. Your brains have fried with Aristotle and Plato and Juha and Jahash. That's what happened to you. Your mukh is not your mukh anymore. You're nothing but a sheep. You're nothing but a goat. And no, you're not the greatest of all time. You're the garbagest of all time. Because you want to come to the Quran and the Sunnah and sit there and get, Wallahi, brother, ba'lish. These, these Diobandis, this is what these Diobandis are. They're nothing but Jahmis. They're modern day Jahmis that continue to deny the Quran and the Sunnah with their intellect. And you know how much intellect they have. We've already seen a display of their intellectualism that is non-existent in the first place. These are the people that you, that those are the, the poison of the ummah. Then they, they have the nerve and the audacity. All of these fools and all of these innovators, they leave everything around and they turn the fingers on us. You Wahhabis, Salafis, Madkhalis are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Pow! You are 700 if we are 10. Yam. خليني يقول كلام طلعني من من ثيابي أجن عليك. No man is with the messenger of Allah. None of the Sahaba asked these questions. So zip your mouth, shut it, and believe what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said. And you have to take the apparent meaning and the literal meaning. Otherwise, you will have no more guidance in the Quran and Sunnah. Otherwise, you can no longer say the Quran, This Quran will guide you to that which is most straight. You can no longer say that. Wallahi, you can no longer say that. You can no longer say, That book, there's no doubt in it. You can no longer say that. Because now there will be doubt in the Quran. Why? Because every ayah we have to say, Wait, is this literal or is this metaphorical? Is this literal or is this metaphorical? Hey, a sadist. Allah yabtadi'a fi haqqihi ma laysa min. That you don't innovate in, in regards to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that which is not part of him. Wa ala hadha, according to this, فَالَّذِينَ يَبْتَدِعُونَ الْإِحْتِفَالِ بِمَوْلِدِ النَّبَوِي Those who innovated, those who engage in the innovated celebration of the Prophet's birthday, <laughs> Prophet's birthday, the name itself is insulting. The name itself is hurtful. 
the title of this event in and of itself is the epitome of bid'ah and misguidance. Imagine, imagine the name of this event is the birthday of the Prophet. The birthday of the Prophet. You're celebrating the birthday of the Prophet. Ya ma'affin, ya ta'ban, ya majnoon. You're celebrating the birthday of the Prophet. Are you crazy? Birthday, we don't even celebrate birthdays of ordinary people. Because it's from the kuffar. Naqisuna. These people are deficient. They're deficient in the fulfillment of the testimony that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Because, because uh, uh, this complying and, and uh, materializing this shahada, this testimony, for you to truly fulfill it, necessities that you don't add into sharia that which is not part of it. Oh, there's still a lot more. Sabi' or Thamin, but we will leave those insha'Allah ta'ala till next time. Because I'm already uh, about to boil. That made me upset. You guys didn't make me upset. I'm upset on my own. But because I was working yesterday on this... Uh, the, the Dio Bundy reply, inshallah. I don't know if I'm going to have the chance to do it today. Hopefully, I'll do it soon. And I, I just got furious, man. I got furious at, at, at the, the, the lies and the, 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 the level of misguidance, which is clear to anyone to see. Allah, it's heartbreaking, man. Yalla, al-muhim. Hat. Ustadha al ma hukum man qala li jama'a min muslimin innakum murtaddun bisabab ta'awunuhum ma'al kafir li idha al-muslimin. وهل تنطبق عليهم الآية وما يتولهم منكم فإنه منهم حبيبي هذا السؤال بارك الله فيك يوجه إلى يعني كبار العلماء يوجه إلى عالم رباني وليس إلى داعية باللغة الإنجليزية هذا سؤال دقيق جدا وأنتصف مجموعة من المسلمين بالردة موضوع يحتاج إلى بحث ونقاش وإقامة الحجة وانتفاء الموانع وأشياء كثيرة لا يحسنها أكثر الناس وأكثر طلبة العلم فضلا عن الدعاة فضلا عن الدعاة باللغات الأجنبية فسؤال من هذا الطراز يوجه إلى عالم كبير عالم يعني معروف علمه ومقبول عند العامة يؤخذ منه جواب دقيق بأدلته أما لا لا يوجه إلى أمثالي بارك الله فيك نعم مسلم today Muslims today are more interested in conspiracy theories and world politics than they are in learning توحيد عقيدة فكسر what to do what to do is you keep teaching them توحيد and عقيدة and you try to uh, convert them you try to convert them you try to convert them and bring them your way نعم What's your statement? What's your opinion on the statement that Aisha was not nine when the Prophet married her and she was actually 17 or 19 based on mathematical calculations? Whoever said that is a liar. The hadith, the hadith are in Bukhari and Muslim, ya Ustad. Ya Abdul Fattah, the hadith are in Bukhari and Muslim. The Prophet married Aisha when she was six years old and he consummated the marriage when she was nine. And whoever denies that is sick in the mind. Whoever denies that is sick in the mind is deviant and a deviator, misguided and misguiding others. And he's a wuss and a coward. And he's chicken. And he's afraid of the truth. And he's, he's unable, he's not, he should not be representing Islam, nor speaking about this religion, nor giving da'wah to anyone. He should just, just go home and wash dishes. Tell the, any da'i, any da'i in the Muslim world who makes this allegation and claim, tell him you belong in the kitchen. Go to the kitchen and wash the dishes in the sink and stay there. Don't leave the kitchen at all. Go knit. Go learn the, the uh, art of knitting and make a few sweaters for your grandma. You don't belong in the da'wah scene. Say it with a full mouth. He married her when she was six and she was previously engaged. And he consummated the marriage when she was nine. You got a problem? See you on the last day. Allah will deal with you. I'm not going to change the deen for a feeble-minded creature like you. I'm not going to change the deen of Allah because of, of some, some, some person who's incapable of understanding things like you. Hello? So, and I have a video on, on YouTube, by the way. Go on YouTube, type 
uh, Aisha's marriage and put my name Abu Mus'ab. There's a long explanation with the evidences from Bukhari, with the evidences from Bukhari about the fact that she was six and the marriage was consummated at nine. Bala mathematical calculation, bala batikh. Naam. والشمس تجري لمستقر لها ذلك تقدير العزيز العليم is this evidence for the sun orbiting the earth أستاذ حبيبي this discussion يا حذيفة is a very technical discussion and um, I follow the opinion that I don't care about science when it comes to uh, uh, Islam I don't I don't even insert science into the equation. You know how you have a formula equation and you have to have many factors and elements for you to reach a result? To me, when I look at anything that Islam teaches, I don't involve science in the equation. I don't care what science thinks. Whatever Allah says in the Quran about what orbits around what, whether the sun around the earth or, or vice versa, which who's going around where, who's moving, who's not moving, I go with the teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah. I don't care about what science says. There are many fatawa about this, but it is not my field. And I don't want to delve into something that is beyond me because I don't really care much about what science has to say about it in the first place. I've busied myself with more important things in my opinion. Now, I'm uh, able to get married, mashallah, but struggling to find a righteous spouse. It's getting harder to lower my gaze. So should I lower my standards and just get married to save myself from sin or be patient? I don't know what your standards are, yeah, brick. <laughs> that is a... Yeah, so you you don't shoot well, I suppose. Wallahi, Habibi, I don't know about, I don't know how much of your standards you want to lower, but yeah, yeah, that could be an option. Find someone that is fixable. And if you don't find the righteous wife yet, find a wife that has the potential to be righteous and fix her up. Help her become righteous. Or be patient. Or be patient. Or keep lowering your gaze and fast. Now, Any video for layman to show how a sana traces back? An example hadith in going through the ilm rijal and the whole nine yards. Um, in Arabic or in English? I would suppose our brothers from Spubs will be the first the, the best people to have a video of this nature. Uh, you should check it out. But I don't know if they do. I'm just guessing that they're usually the ones who care about this kind of uh, science to this degree. Now, is the earthquake that occurred in Turkey as and Syria a punishment? And also, can you make dua for me so that I learn Farsi completely because I'm stressing so much over it? Any dua I can recite? No, you make the dua from your heart is better than dua I make for you. Who am I to make dua for you? Uh, and as for... Uh, the earthquake, we've already said that anytime, an, anytime a calamity happens, it is a, a combination of things. It is mercy for some and it is a punishment for others. Now, in Bangladesh, a lot of people lie about their age and their birth certificate thinking that the true age will get in the way of getting a degree or job. Is it halal? Of course not. Of course it's not halal. Lying is never allowed. That's a lie. Forging and, and uh, fraudulent information no, haram. Yeah. Pedro, Ustad in my school after salah, every every shakes each other's. Is it a milkshake or a regular shake? Every shakes each other's hand and say taqabbalah. When I say it's bid'ah, they just make, they just say I'm making dua. What is the best response? Uh, they just say I'm making dua. I say yes, and I'm only saying that it's a bid'ah. <laughs> what, what is that supposed to mean? Oh, what I would say, what I would say is, ah, okay, you're just making dua. Says yes. He said, okay, then uh, next time you recite Fatiha, after every ayah, make dua. Allah yardalik. Say, say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ya Rabb, Khfirli Warhamni, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Ya Rabb, Anta Ar-Rahman, Wa Ana Abduka Al-Miskeen, Irhamni Ya Rabb, Malik Yawm Al-Deen, Ya Rabb, Irhamni Yawm Al-Mulk. Why not? If he tells you, what, what, no, you can't say, why, brother, you're just making dua. I'm just making dua. Say no, but this is not the time to make dua. You cannot make dua in the middle of the Fatiha say, and you cannot make dua uh, after the salah by saying taqabbala. Why? Because the Prophet did not make dua between the ayat of the Fatiha, and he also did not make dua after the salah. Kapish? Bueno? See? Next. 
Is it permissible to have a digital photo frames in the home? No, 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 no. Are they digital photo frames? Are they printed eventually? Are they printed? Oh. No, no, you should avoid it. If they're hung on the wall, no, Habibi. No. What kind of kufr is celebrating Halloween? Oh, look, we got one of those guys. Well, celebrating Halloween is not necessarily kufr. Celebrating Halloween is not necessarily kufr. It is definitely a shirki uh, celebration. However, some people, out of ignorance and stupidity, may just put on some costumes and think that they're just trying to be part of a trend without really involving themselves or believing in any of the things or the roots of uh, uh, Halloween. Otherwise, according to you, all the Muslims that also get involved in Christmas in any way, shape, or form, or even in birthdays, all of them are kuffar. Because you know that the origin of birthdays is pagan? Did you know that the origins of birthday is pagan? And having a cake with candles and blowing the candles are all acts of shirk? And wishing upon stars and, and asking things from other than Allah and believing in superstitious beliefs. All of these are kufr. So if you want to be consistent, then you should declare all the Muslims in the world who get involved in any type of celebration that is not from Islam, which come from kufr origins, all of these people are kufar. That, then you're consistent. And if you want to do this, then you meet Allah Azza wa Jal on Yawm Al-Qiyamah with a lot of things on your shoulder. Or we say, it depends on the person's condition. This is definitely an, uh, uh, an act of uh, kufr. However, we don't pass takfir on those involved in it. Why? A lot of people do it just out of imitation of the disbelievers and they just want to, they want to look cool. They're not taking into consideration this entire thing and, and they're not believing in its roots and origins. Just like many people don't know the origins of the birthday. Now, are we sinful if we donate money and close to earthquake victims without doing research? What do you mean without doing research? If you're just giving it to some random uh, organization, yeah, you might be sinful because you're you're squandering your your wealth and it's not being sent to the people that you are intending. No, do some research. Don't be lazy. How can we advise someone who says we don't celebrate birthdays? We just go to the invites because we want to see the whole family together. We say that's yeah, that's like you go into a bar. And not drinking, but you just want to be with uh, the whole family at the bar. You, it's, a, it's a place where something wrong is taking place. You avoid it. You avoid it. Now, anger for the sake of Allah and jealousy for the deen. May Allah be pleased with you. Amin. Zakallah khair. May Allah accept. Now, did a few scholars really say that praying through the dead without thinking that their God isn't shirk or is this a lie? No, the, the scholars who have said that are scholars that are not upon the aqeed of al-sunnah wal-jama'ah. So yeah, there are scholars who said that, but those are scholars that always had issues. As for the ulama of al-sunnah wal-jama'ah, no, they didn't. Hey. Salam alaikum alaikum salam. Is it okay to watch American football because of hitting on the head? And how about football game soccer if the team's logo is an animal or a human? The The... American football hitting on the head, يعني, that, that is an issue. I don't know if that's the objective of the sport. It's not the objective, objective of the sport. This is an accident that could happen during the game. The objective is to get a ball and deliver it to, you know, to beyond the touch, touchdown line. And so like any other sport where you can get hit on the head, it doesn't make it an issue because of that possibility. Uh, as for football, what does the team logo having an animal or human have to do with you? This is something that they're wearing and it's not something that you have hung on your wall. So it doesn't affect you. Now, if someone pays fidya through an organization and they use a percentage for admin fees, is the completion of the fidya of the person affected? They paid for 60 people for organization 55. Of course, that's a disaster. If a person has a fidya of feeding 60 people and they fed 55, meaning that person is five people short. They want to pay the admin fees, let them pay them from some, somewhere else. They cannot pay it from your money. That's why I don't recommend that you use these organizations. Subhanallah. Yes, it's a problem. And it's considered that the person has not expiated for their sins. The fidya is invalid until the other five people are fed. 
لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. I don't have an opinion on chess. I know that the scholars have differed on it tremendously in terms of whether it is permissible or impermissible. And there are opinions that support both positions. I personally don't like chess as a game. And so, alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a position or I'm not in need of knowing the exact ruling for me to know whether what I'm doing is halal or haram because I don't play chess in the first place. But the popular opinion that it's halal, just to give you a, a, a summary of the opinions, that it's halal. Naam. What's the meaning of wasabiqoon al-awwalun? This is a description of the earliest of the Sahaba, the the muhajirin and the ansar, as the continuation of the ayah. Wasabiqoon awwalun min muhajirin wa ansar, waladina tabaghum bi ihsan. So sabiqoon are from sibaq and sabaq, the one who arrived first. Awwalun is the pioneers and the foremost. So the first and the foremost, the pioneers from among the muhajirin and the ansar and those who follow them. In righteousness, radiyallahu anhum wa radu anhum, Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. Naam. As-salamu alaykum wa alaykum salam. Can a person go back to being as before if they were extremely stormed in waswas and even knows that it's waswas? I don't understand. I don't understand the question, ya fufuzza. But I do understand that we need to leave soon. What is the ruling on saying Abu Layth and Shabir Ali? Or what? Or kafir? I I I I'm I hesitate. I hesitate to pass takfir on a person uh, loosely, as much as I know that they have both made some major statements of kufr. I am wary and uh, aware of the gravity of calling a Muslim a kafir. When the Prophet ﷺ said that if you do so, it will fall back on one of you. So if I've made a mistake in my judgment, I don't want to be in that predicament. Their matter should be presented to the ulama. Have they both made statements of kufr? Absolutely. Am I in a position to pass takfir on them? No, I'm not. And neither are you. So focus on learning and educating yourself. And you will sort out your issues on your own, inshallah. Naam. The majority of the scholars say that Khadija was 40 at the time of marriage, but nowadays we have a few shuyukh saying that she was 28. I haven't looked into this issue. I have not looked into this issue. Uh, it requires uh, research on the authenticity of the ahadith, whether they are sound or not sound. And uh, if I haven't done so, then I will not speak about it. Now, we know that she was older than the Prophet ﷺ. That's what we know. And we know that he didn't marry anyone until she died ﷺ. Naam, radiyallahu anha. طيب that's enough for the day يا جماعة it's two thirty two yo yo السلام عليكم استاذ وعليكم السلام how does divorce work in Islam how does either party initiate complete the process after the correct proceedings have occurred well how does divorce work in Islam when a couple a husband and wife realize that there's no hope for them to be able to continue together after they've exerted themselves and exhausted all the tools and means and connections they have to sort out their differences uh, when everything has been tried to maintain the relationship and all of these efforts and endeavors fail the husband uh, would wait until his wife is not on her menstruation and when she's clean from her menstruation he makes sure that he does not have any relations with her and then he divorces her during her a state of purity, uh, making sure they had not had any intimacy. When he divorces her, she automatically, they, don't, they don't have to be any witnesses or whatever. He could divorce her verbally. He could divorce her by writing a letter, sending her a WhatsApp, calling her on the phone. It doesn't matter. Once he divorces her, she goes into the idda. The idda is, with the difference of opinion among the scholars, either three menstrual cycles or three purities for menstrual cycle. During that time, they're not allowed to be intimate with each other. Uh, however, she, you know, it's a time of, of recuperation. It's a time of consideration. It's a time of relaxation where they could re reconsider what they have done. And if he decides to take her back, then he uh, engages in, in intimacy with her. And then she's automatically uh, back as his wife. Um, if the, uh, the, the idda, 
the waiting period is over and he had not taken her back. And during that time, she's not allowed to leave the house and she's not allowed to go to her parents or none of that stuff. Uh, after the, the the waiting period is over, she's out uh, of the house and she's officially divorced and they go in separate ways. She can no longer be with him and so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's a quick summary. It's There's a lot more technicalities, but that's an overview of the uh, how divorce works in Islam. Now, all right. I don't take, uh, if, if I take every day, I take one scoop. If I take, I don't necessarily. I, I would say on average, I take three or four a week. Barakallah feek. Tayyib, zakum lahu khayran. Hayakum Allah, bayakum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.